welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hardunger, and this is a podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. As we record this, it is mid-January, which is an interesting time in planning season. So today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about my own experience heading into the new year so far which is going to include maybe a little bit of a pep talk if by now you're already feeling a little bit tired or overwhelmed or even disappointed in yourself for not holding up to the standards you had thought maybe the new year would have in store for you. So I'm going to first admit that I am already kind of tired. I set a lot of goals. I actually had on my blog a whole series of different goals I had in different realms of life. I did eight full posts, one on goals about my kids, one on goals about the home, fitness goals, etc. And I was really excited. I had a lot of new year energy, even though I did not have a very restful winter break because both my husband and I were working for most of it. But I was excited and positive about the new year, and I still am. And I dove in with my many planners and trackers, and I fit in the workouts and I continued the habits, and we're only, I don't know, two and a half weeks into the year, and I'm already finding that I'm kind of tired. So actually, today, I gave myself the permission to just go ahead and sleep until the uh, late hour of 6.20 a.m., because that's about the latest I can get up and still have about 15 minutes to myself before I have to get the kids up for school. And I did not work out. I did not fill out my daily planning page because mostly what I had today was a series of meetings and appointments. And those are all on my weekly page. So I knew I wasn't going to lose track of those. And I didn't do some of the other habits that I like to do most days, such as my headspace and reading and things like that. And of course, part of me was like, oh, it's a brand new year. You had all these cool goals and things that you were tracking, and now there's going to be holes in your calendar. But really, I actually think it's a good thing. And in fact, it's a good thing that it's happening now because I have said before that I am not a huge fan of streaks. I think that when you're doing something every single day, that can start to lead to a lot of pressure about certain things, especially for us who are upholders. I know that's not everyone who listens to this podcast but I'm sure it's a solid chunk because probably upholders are the ones that want to listen to a planning podcast. But anyway, I think that sometimes breaking streaks can be really, really healthy because you will realize that nobody's auditing you and what you do most days still counts and benefits you. If you meditate, you know, 300 out of 365 days per year, and that brings you a sense of peace on those days or just peace to have that as a habit or a little bit of space or quiet you can count on in your in your day it's still beneficial you don't get a bad grade because you weren't you know checking off the box every single day and i'm sure i'm not the only person who sometimes gets caught in the trap of thinking that it needs to be all or nothing so the first thing i wanted to say in this episode is that it's really okay if you're already tired It's okay if you already have broken some of the streaks or goals you set out before you. The year has 365 days in it, which is a lot of time to do a lot of wonderful things. And honestly, perfection is overrated because when we get caught in perfectionistic tendencies, 
it can actually backfire and prevent us from moving forward and doing cool things and enjoying life. So kind of like in Oliver Berkman's 4,000 Weeks book, he really emphasizes that you got to just accept that you can't do everything all the time and that it's healthy and kind of freeing. I think that's what I'm accepting mid-January, realizing that even I, or especially I, cannot meet all of the many goals that I have set out for myself. So that's lesson one for this episode. Number two, I want to talk about my planner stack. So I have a planning podcast, as you know, since you're listening to this right now. And so I was starting to build up pressure on myself related to using all of the planners that I had set out to use for the year. And then I realized that even though I have this podcast, no one is going to come to my house and get upset if there's a planner that has some blank pages in it. I was listening to Amanda's favorites, and she reminded me of such an important lesson, which is that our planners are here to serve us. First of all, they're inanimate objects. They are not going to be offended if some of their pages are blank. If it really bothers you to have blank pages in a planner and it's a spiral planner, you could even rip those pages out and you wouldn't even have to look at them. Nobody cares. (laughs) They don't care even if you have a planning podcast and they certainly don't care if you don't. So I am going to let go any pressure I was putting on myself to use every element of every planner that I have in my stack because that's just not important and there are too many other things to worry about. So I guess I'll use this moment to admit that I am no longer using my wellness Hobonichi Weeks. It was really fun to play with that format. It's super compact. I could totally see myself returning to the weeks, even in this calendar year. So I'm not going to throw it out. But it was just, you know, one more thing that I had to fill out that didn't necessarily add much. I decided instead of using the weeks, I could actually track many of those metrics in the Hobonichi Cousin And since I was using the Hobonichi Cousin to keep my weekly schedule and to take notes at different meetings and things, this just means that the Hobonichi Cousin can have, you know, more utility. And that's one less book to carry it around. Even though it's a pretty small book, I think having my planner stack be a little bit smaller is not a bad thing. So that's my confession number one, that I am not using the Hobonichi Weeks. Planner stack confession number two is that I have not yet filled in the beautiful book journal that I have. I still might do it. I mean, I love to read and I love tracking what I read. But what I've done for the last few years is I've just kept a running list on my blog. And actually, that worked pretty well for me. Not only did I keep my to-be-read titles, like a whole collection of things I was interested in perhaps reading for that year, but I've been tracking what I read. And I don't have an elaborate star system that I use. Instead, I just put a heart next to a book if I really, really liked it and a green check mark if I liked it a lot, but it wasn't my absolute favorite. And I leave all the other books up there. And even if there's no check mark or heart, it doesn't mean I disliked a book. It just means it didn't like touch me or hit me in that special way. And this works for me because since it is a public forum, I don't really want to post some negative review of a book. I don't know. I just think that's a little too personal, but it can be just neutral, liked or loved. And that works pretty well for me. Plus being able to have it archived online means I'm never going to lose these lists, or at least as long as I have ownership of my blog URL, which hopefully will be pretty indefinite. And I don't know, it's simple and I get satisfaction in putting in the check mark when I finished it and putting the date that I finished it. And it's worked for the last three years. So I don't 100% know that I need to add in a paper record of what I've read as well. 
Because again, that's just a way of potentially complicating matters without adding a lot of benefit. So that means my planner stack actually might have two fewer books in it. That brings us from seven to five. And then finally, a third confession is that even though I love the JMB Living Quarterly Journal, I have been filling it out most days, but not every day. And I don't think this is something I'm necessarily going to want to continue going forward. I think I probably would keep up with it if I didn't also have the Hobonichi five-year journal. But to me, having a five-year record as a keepsake is kind of important to me. Yet this three-month book is beautiful, but doesn't feel like something I would keep forever. And therefore, I'm less motivated to fill it out. And I find that I can actually put a lot in that space in the five-year journal. I have the bigger one, the A5 size. So it's not like I'm missing capturing, you know, amazing details about my day by just using the five-year. So if I end up abandoning the JMB living, which again, is nothing against the journal itself. It's absolutely beautiful. I just have a lot of books. That would bring me down to a functional four planners for the year. And just to remind you all of what those are, that would be my Hobonichi cousin, my full focus planner, which I still use religiously for kind of daily planning, setting up my day, checking off habits, etc. My five-year Hobonichi journal, and then the Cultivate What Matters journal, which again, I really like that one because even though you fill out a ton of pages in the beginning of the year when you're all motivated to set up your goals, you don't necessarily have that much you have to do for each month. And I just use it as a really nice blank canvas for setting up monthly goals. And so I think that I am going to keep that one going because it's worked for me so far. So yes, a confession, my planner stack is shrinking. I am going to give myself forgiveness and remember that it is okay to make changes, especially when they are making things more streamlined. And then I'm just going to remember that my planning products are here to serve me rather than the other way around. All right, we're going to get a, take a quick break. And then I have a few more confessions to share with you. Organization always gives you time. Brian Tracy said a minute spent planning saves you 10 in execution. You already know this. That is why you follow Sarah and listen to the Best Laid Plans podcast. The Sunday Basket is a natural partner for your planning routine. The Sunday Basket contains and corrals all your ideas, paper notes, to-do lists, and mail safely until you're ready for your weekly planning time. The Sunday Basket system has been proven to save five hours each week once you establish a weekly habit, which usually takes four to six weeks. My name is Lisa Woodruff, and I'm the founder and creator of The Sunday Basket and the 100-Day Home Organization Program. Sarah and I chatted in episode 33, and she's been sharing her Organized 365 journey with you here on Best Laid Plans. Organized 365 is proud to sponsor the Best Laid Plans podcast. You can find out more about The Sunday Basket on sundaybasket.com or try our free seven-day mini course by going to organize365.com slash mini course. Today's episode is brought to you in part by PrepDish. If you're headed into a busy spring, and aren't we all, I definitely think it's worth taking a look at what PrepDish has to offer. I personally have been using PrepDish for years now to plan our family's meals. It is truly so much easier and better than what I could come up with on my own. Every Friday, I receive a new weekly meal plan straight to my inbox. 
This includes an ingredient list, a prep plan, and all the recipes you need for the week. There are separate plans for gluten-free, paleo, low-carb, and super-fast. And now they've even added a protein boost option. For years, we've been using the super-fast menu as a scaffold for our weekly dinner plans. I love that I can easily make adaptations or substitutions if I need to, but also the recipes are genuinely really well thought out and truly taste great. The founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to check it out. So this is a great way to see if the plans will work for you. Check out PrepDish.com plans for this amazing deal. Again, that's PrepDish.com plans for your first two weeks free. If you try it, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick, and what I'm hoping to wear all season, is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly, air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, I am back. Well, the first thing actually is not a confession, but I just wanted to revisit my Instagram discussion. I can't remember if I addressed it on a recent episode, but I did have a blog reader ask me recently about how it's going since I have left Instagram. And honestly, I'm really, really happy. I have not missed it much at all. I am really much less excited to pull out my phone at any dull moment because I've basically taken off almost all of the forms of mindless entertainment on there. I still have email, and sometimes I still am tempted to check email more often than is necessary. And the other thing I tend to check is my blog comments because you guys are awesome and you always have cool things to say. And, you know, it's just nice to see what the discussions look like there. But you can only check those things so often. I mean, they don't move that quickly, (laughs) neither of them. So you're never going to sit there and scroll your comments or scroll your blog or scroll your email even. However, I used to scroll Instagram for what felt like seconds, but what added up to minutes and probably hours. And I'm just really, really happy that I'm not doing that anymore. I 
do feel a little bit out of the loop um, with respect to new planner releases, I have to admit. But I have some episodes of Planners and Wine to catch up with. And I'm continuing to follow Amanda's favorites and her YouTube videos. Plus, I subscribe to a lot of planner mailing lists. So when cool stuff comes out, hopefully I will hear about them that way. Plus, there is the fact, and I've mentioned this previously, but I'm very grateful to you all because you often will email me when some really cool product comes out. And on that note, I do want to put out a little request that if there's some product you think would be really cool for me to review, maybe you're already having planner fail and you're just interested in how some other product works or looks like, let me know because I will definitely do some random orders of some things just to look at and review for you all in the coming months. So just let me know about that. All right, so that's kind of been my journey of staying off of Instagram so far. Oh, I am continuing to track the minutes a day I spend on my phone, and I've been able to remain under 100 almost every single day. I did go over one day, but honestly, it wasn't real. I was kind of on a uh, work conference on my phone for part of that, and I didn't subtract out those minutes. But really, it is a significant difference when I had Instagram on my phone. There were commonly days where I would have like 300 minutes. That's a lot of minutes. I mean, that's like, five hours. I don't think I scrolled Instagram for five hours, but maybe just having Instagram there had me opening my phone up for other things. I don't know. But whatever it is, I am grateful to have that number be lower and spend more time doing other things in my life. Okay. Another thing that's been working is routines and habit stacking. I've done some episodes previously on morning routines and building routines. And I think I've struck a nice balance between doing things that I want to do for myself and having them be kind of like default activities, but also not having rigidity. Because I think that's where I personally can get myself in trouble. For example, if I tell myself I'm going to do my Duolingo every single day at 12 o'clock, and I'm not like saying Duolingo is, you know, the best thing ever. There are good things and bad things about it, which I have learned over the years, but it is a habit that I still incorporate most days But by having it be most days rather than every day, if I miss a day or even two days, I'm not tempted to just throw in the towel and be like, okay, I guess I don't do that anymore, like routine fail. I'm able to just pick it back up and be like, I do it most days. So in the morning, I still do headspace most of the time. I still read most of the time. I still work out most of the time. But for me, holding these things in my heart and my head as most of the time and not always gives me room to rest and take a break. And makes me happier in general because I'm not living my life with some sort of like rigid self-imposed structure. So I don't know, just something to think about, especially in a new year. Another update I have is that we are moving. Now we're not moving very far. We're moving about a mile away from our house, but this entails a lot of organization, a lot of decluttering, a lot of tasks. And the funny thing is I have to say, I don't feel like I've taken up much mental clutter with this. I just kind of have it on a list but I think my husband and I have both done a pretty good job of just kind of shoving it to the back burner until things actually need to be taken care of. And so we're actually closing on the house tomorrow as this is being recorded. And all we have basically done regarding this move is today we called the power company and the water company to set up our new service. And obviously we've worked with our lawyers about the closing and you know all the fun stuff that comes with buying a house. We're not we didn't sell a house by the way. We have been renting for the past 2 years. So I guess that made things a little bit less complicated as well. But 
I don't know, it's a big set of tasks. And I'm kind of happy that I haven't let myself think too hard about all the granularity of what needs to be done. However, we are going to set up a joint Todoist. And this is my first time having a shared Todoist folder. I think it will be interesting to see how my husband and I can kind of like track the task together and put notes down and and do this together. I've never done an online shared task management program with him. So this will be an interesting experiment. And if it works, I could see us expanding it to other realms like our kids' activities or meal planning or things like that. So I will definitely update you all on how that is going. And finally, one surprise win so far this year has been my Kindle. And I know like it's kind of obvious. I know a lot of people who read have been on e-readers for a really long time. But you all know that I love paper. And so I've mostly stuck with paper for quite a while. I used a Kindle to download the last couple novels that I read. And since my kids are little and I still lay on the floor at night while they're falling asleep, I have found the Kindle to be the best way I can read in a low-light environment that is not disruptive to them. And I found myself reading a whole lot more when I was using the Kindle compared to when I've been using paper books. So that was a big surprise for me as a big physical book devotee. And there are still things I don't love about the Kindle. Like I find myself noticing the percentage that I've read a little too much, more than I would with a book that was in my hand. But for those of you who are Luddites like me and maybe have not been excited to use an e-reader, it may be worth revisiting that if reading is something that you want more of in your life. All right. I hope this update episode wasn't too mundane for everyone. I promise there will be more reviews coming up in the future. I have several planners that I want to review, but I want to give them justice and play with layouts and do pen tests and all the things I usually do. And I just haven't done that yet, but it is coming. And I have some wonderful guests lined up, including for next week. I'm very excited to talk to this guest because her planning style seems very unlike my own. And I don't think she's an upholder, although I'm going to find out if she knows her tendency. And I just think it'll be nice to share some perspectives that are different. My husband has also volunteered to come on the podcast, so maybe he can give a report to everybody about Todoist. And then finally, my almost 10-year-old has a new planner that she's using that she is going to report back on in a future episode. So all good things to come. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week and that your 2022 is off to a healthy and good start. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.